0: Happy Monday, Mike Florio is wrong again. Welcome into The Zone, Joshua Briscoe, Dylan Michaels, and who's this in the studio? Is that Sterling Holmes I see? Hey Stu, how you doing? I'm good, dude. Jason Anderson cool. is out today and tomorrow, so we brought in the big guns for this Monday edition of The Zone. Sterling Holmes of the Home Stretch sitting in with us here, you can hear him. Uh, weeknights here and there on A-10, most weekdays over on ESPN Kansas City, and generally just carrying some of the best hair around Kansas City. Uh, again, I am Joshua Briscoe with Dylan Michaels. He's back from a little uh, a little short vacation. He is glowing, he is radiant, and he is ready for another week of, uh, well... The things you talk about in this exact period of the sports calendar. This is really, in a lot of ways, the most freewheeling, free-flowing moment in sports media. When you can, at any point, right now, look up look at your, over your shoulder, Sterling, look at the First Take TV. We're talking about Cam Newton in a scuffle at a youth football event. If you want to talk about Cam Newton looking like the Giant in 300, just like crashing skulls together looking like a superhero surrounded by youths, you can lead first take with that. If you want to ban court storming, you can lead lead first take with that. You want to talk about spring training? Well, you can't lead first take with that, but we'll talk about <laughs> baseball at some point today. There is spring training going on, and Cole Reagans is... Uh, I, I, I mean, We're all going to find out together, but it seems like it might be fun. But that's the space we're in here now, where you really can kind of choose your own adventure. There's not a definitive story right now, and there was a report this morning that's where we will begin things. It's very, very relevant to us here in Kansas City for a number of reasons. Also, there was some coaching news relevant to the Chiefs from over this last weekend, so I want to get into that. And we will have plenty of fun amongst the uh, three of us, plus our rundown of guests today throughout the course of the show. Uh, we will talk to Matt Verderam of SI and the Matt Verteram Show. Um, we will talk to him on his way to the Combine coming up here in a little bit less than an hour. 11 o'clock, we'll talk to verteram as uh, he'll be en route to Indy. Then Josh Kaiser of the Run One Railway podcast on KCSN. He'll join us at noon to talk about Cole Reagans, what he's heard and seen so far out of spring training, and do a little big picture look ahead to the baseball season. Mick Schaefer will then join us at one of KSHB 41 to talk about uh, whatever it is that strikes his fancy from our array of uh, of topics today, our, our veritable smorgasbord of things to choose from and a little uh, learn funniest best. So we'll get to all of that here. Stu, how are you feeling? You, you, the, you, the, I know this is weird. It's like morning. The sun's not all the way up in the sky yet, and you're on the radio. Is that disorienting
1: to you? Yeah, I'm befuddled. I didn't know that there was actually a 9 a.m. Like, yeah. I just knew it was 9 p.m. I didn't know there was a 9 a.m. as well.
0: Can you believe, I know you just met some of them for the first time walking up and down the hall here can you believe there's a show on before this one here
1: yeah yeah they
0: do four hours every morning horrible
1: yeah terrifying you know they are the real heroes because truly there is zero chance i'm waking up at the crack of before the crack of noon really is kind of my cutoff yeah you know and but the crack of dawn
0: is non-negotiable
1: no no. have you ever have
0: you ever done any fill-in of anything in the border patrol
1: yeah fun fact my first Day, I I came here, I wanted to to watch someone, Uh and I texted Stephen St. John. Uh Well, he's actually sent me the wrong time to show up, because they go on at six, right? Sure. Yeah, he texted me five. He goes, sorry, my finger hit the wrong number, (laughs) so I show up at five. This was like four or five years ago now, a long time. Jake wasn't even here yet. That's, no, no that's one's huge. here. I, and I'm trying to be nice, so I go to Quick Trip and I have a whole bunch of coffees. Oh and I'm my just goodness. sitting here because you know I'm, I'm trying to be a tryhard and it, God, it, make myself look good. This is
0: so Sterling. I'm
1: just sitting outside. It's cold with like four coffees, and I'm like, "Did I get punked? Yeah. Is there, is there even a show? And then he ends up showing up, and obviously, and it was fine. He goes, "Sorry, my finger hit the wrong number. Send me like five instead of six. Do but, you uh, do you think right now, if we, I, I don't
0: know if Steven's, I, I, I can't see him right now. Do you think it, first of all, do you think he remembers this story? And
1: second of all, do you think no. he did it on purpose? No. You think no to both? I think no to both. Maybe it was, a, it was a test to see how much I wanted it. That's the like, thing. Like, like, will he show up at five? Yeah. Will he
0: actually do it? If he's there at five, that says something about. But mean, the coffee and everything at five is a real tryhard move of you. But that, but you're a tryhard, and oh. not. It's not always a bad
1: thing. And you knew I was wearing a suit at that point. <sighs> Well, because you're trying to make a good impression. Now you look at me now in a long sleeve t shirt and Yeah, and man, you want to make a good impression. You're like
0: I'll wear a suit for Stephen, <laughs> Nate, and Jake. Three guys I've seen in suits three total times. That's three times too many. Nate wears it on TV. Ah. I guess. Yeah, good point. But that is uh that's this that's just the kind of guy Sterling Holmes is. He'll show up an hour early, five AM, once, and then <laughs> and then never do that but again. It, it
1: proves that I can do it. It's you you can't physically
0: do it. Yeah, you have put that on tape once. Yeah, it's on there. Defenses have to prepare for maybe he'll be up here live at five a.m. with a whole bunch of coffee, maybe some QT donuts. It's the Mike Pinnell just destroying Trent (laughs) Williams, just like well, it's on tape. It's (laughs) on tape. You can never say that Mike Pinnell has never destroyed Trent Williams Mm -hmm. because you've seen it happen at least the once. That was your Super Bowl. I'm Mike Pinnell. And now. it's all been downhill from there. Uh, so here's the Chiefs news that people may not have seen yet this morning, as Tom Pellicero had the uh, the news of the day so far, saying that Andy Reid and the Chiefs are to uh, open talks on an extension, making Andy Reid, expected to make Andy Reid, the NFL's highest paid head coach. Here's the beginning of the story verbatim from Pellicero, because it's not just Andy. Coming off back to back Super Bowl wins, the Chiefs and Andy Reid are expected to begin negotiations in the coming weeks on a new contract that NFL sources believe should be, should soon make Reid the highest paid coach in football. General manager Brett Veach is also in line for a new deal, replacing the final two years on the contracts the duo signed following the 2019 season after the Chiefs win in Super Bowl 54. A few words in there are interesting, and some of it's vague enough that we're not going to know exactly what these terms are going to be until we know. And even then, uh, coach and GM contracts are reported very differently than player contracts. We're not going to have every nickel of it or know what all of the clauses are and where the guaranteed money all goes. But new contract, highest paid, replacing the final two years, doesn't necessarily... Give you the word extension, but it does come up in the headline there of an extension that would be theoretically adding at least a year to all of these and providing a raise. Andy Reid and Brett Veach aren't currently taking other offers right now. They're not. They're not uh, negotiating like college coaches looking for for more money on their deals. But figuring out how long this this window extends will be fascinating. That's something that we can kind of dig into in in terms, and we'll talk to Matt about this also, but. In terms of what that means for the stability of the Chiefs, they, they have not seen the coaching staff get picked over, but they have begun now to lose some pieces in the front office, and actually they, they had lost pieces out of the front office a couple of years ago. But now it's, it's happening again. You are giving stability, and you are getting certainty in Andy Reid and Brett Veach, and I am going to try to hold off my own desire to talk about bad reporting. I'm going to push it off
1: until a little bit later. I was about to say, you know who's kicking the air right now just punching air pound sand kicking rocks you know exactly who it is i do and at some
0: point at some point we will give him the attention that he so rightfully deserves i think it was the first name i said on the show today so he's already got the open (laughs) but the the more important thing right now is that and this is right in i'll just we'll go ahead he's not voldemort he's not nearly as cool or powerful The thing that that this should register for Mike Florio and his merry band of misfits is that Andy Reid and the Chiefs have been having these conversations about Andy Reid's future as often as they need to, which doesn't appear to be all that often. And now, after he was hawking that for the last two months of the season, the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Brett Veach are all getting to the table... Not to plan Andy Reid's succession plan, but to negotiate and eventually sign an extension that will give Andy Reid a raise and, as far as I could tell, would keep him in Kansas City for even more years to come. Again, the phrasing here being replacing the the final two years on their contracts. This is not a one-year plan or a two-year plan. This isn't Andy Reid's golden parachute to then to then drift off into the sunset after nailing the three-peat. This is stuff we talked about after the 2019 season, before that extension. It's something we talked about in 2020. Something we've talked about every single year is... Yeah, I mean, Andy Reid's older than most head coaches at this point, but he's not the oldest head coach at this point. Now he actually may be, right, because of Belichick and, and Pete Carroll. Um, he's way, way closer to, to the Harbaugh's than you would expect him to be. It's just He's got a mustache, and he's a bigger dude. I don't know. I, it seems like that's been a tax Andy Reid's been paying for a long time. But this is yet another foundational bit of organizational stability, and hopefully when this contract is done and we have some reporting on the length of the deal – I would imagine Andy Reid is not going to sign a contract that extends into years he's not planning on coaching. Yeah. That, to me, is going to be the, the line in the sand. And my big takeaway from this, obviously, Brett Veach has a lot of gas in the tank, you'd imagine. It would be wild to get to the point of being an NFL GM and then quit when Patrick Mahomes is still your quarterback. <laughs> um, if he reaches that point at some point earlier than most, God bless him. But I don't. I don't get the feeling that he's in any hurry. I would be absolutely stunned if Andy Reid signed a five-year extension thinking full well he was going to retire in two. He's going to want the Chiefs to be in a good position. He's going to want Mahomes to be in a good position. But that's not where his head has been at. We've known this for a while. We've been talking about this for a while. And yet the reports have still leaned the other direction. But again, my takeaway here is that we're going to get a number of years for Andy Reid through this deal. And then maybe you could say, hey, okay, so... A three-year extension having him through the next three seasons. Let's say that's where it ends up, right? If you tell me that he's under contract for the next three seasons, I will tell you, okay, maybe then the thought is that he'll coach these next three seasons, and then in that last season, he'll he'll have the succession plan kind of lined up. But he's not going to sign a deal to be here through 2027 and then
1: retire after a three-peat. And I would just like to go ahead and lock that in now. Uh, I will also point out, looking it up, so Andy is 65. Yeah. Some reason one reporter acts like he's 85. Correct. Yeah. Uh, guess old Sean Payton is. Who? Is he slightly younger? He's year 60. Two? He's 60. Flat 60. Flat 60. Guess how old uh, Jim Harbaugh is. I think he's... We went over, I think he's 61. He's 60. He's also 60. So, so, so he looks so great, yeah, they look, they look, but he's 60. But this, again, because they look great. Yes. And they're a little slimmer. Yep. Again, Andy's just a sturdy fellow with a mustache, as you That's mentioned, right. right? Who's been a head coach in front of our eyes for a very long for time. For a long time. But because he started off when he was younger... That doesn't make him older. He just cooks longer. (laughs) Like, it doesn't all of a sudden add extra time to his age. Bill Belichick is a free
0: agent right now who is looking for a job maybe next year. He's 71. (laughs) No
1: one brings up his age. He's 71. Again, Andy is closer to the age of of Jim and Sean than Bill is to Andy Reid. But that doesn't get brought up. Again, it's because he's sturdy with a mustache. I I just, I find it fascinating that we've gone down this route. When Andy himself has given zero indication that he wants to uh, put up the Air Force Ones, (laughs) like I I don't see him doing this. It it blows my mind. And by the way, Andy Reid is in love with coaching in football. Yes, like this is what he does. What else do you have him do? Is he going to fish? Like maybe he opens up a burger restaurant. Sure, I get that. But this is what he is. He is a head coach. He he is a phenomenal head coach. He loves the game of football. He's an innovator. I, I, why are we starting unfounded rumors? And again, of course, uh, a source, mm-hmm. a, a unfounded source. Rumors in the league. league rumors sources. maybe uh-huh. probably. Uh-huh. No, nothing to defend. It's no, come on. Just take it from the horse's mouth. Andy is going to be here. Right. He wants to keep coaching.
0: If he wants to manage anything, it's not going to be a restaurant. It's going to be a football team. He is a head coach through and through, and it's never been more fun for him to be a head coach. I imagine that this year was less fun than a couple years in recent memory because the offense was part of the problem. He also was solving those problems with the greatest quarterback currently blessing this planet. Like, Andy Reid has been able— To execute offensive visions that I, I am sure he has had concepts for decades that he could never actually see realized on the field. And then had his own imagination jogged so much by the quarterback he has now because of the quarterback that he has now. Seems like they're in a very good place with him and Brett Veach. I don't, I didn't know and I wasn't really in media deeply at the time. So I didn't know what the deal was with him and John Dorsey. And it's still kind of fuzzy. And I don't know who wanted what and who stepped where, whatever. But it feels like Andy Reid has the Chiefs organization molded from. Uh, From the assistant coaching staff, to the general manager, to the PR, to the owner, it seems like Andy Reid is in as good a situation as a head coach could possibly be in, and certainly an offensive-minded head coach with the greatest quarterback of all time in progress. Again, I can't stress this enough. If Andy Reid merely coached until Bill Belichick's age and then retired, he'd have five or six more seasons to go from here. And that's without a third act in his career. Six or seven more seasons if he was to a, to coach the age of Pete Carroll or Nick Saban, who are both 72. And again, people are asking Pete Carroll, do you still want to be a head coach again somewhere else? Yeah. Andy Reid is 65, and the mustache ages him
1: 10 years. <laughs> do you think there's anything to him wanting to be the all-time winningest head coach? Because he's 70 wins away from Don Shula. Yeah. So you mentioned... Five or six more years, you're getting close. Absolutely. You're getting close. Um, Bill Belichick is third with, uh, what's that? I'm really bad at math, but it looks like 44 more wins than Andy. Uh, George Hollis has 318, Andy has 258, and Don has 328. So if Andy Reid, by the way, crazy, active head coach, fourth on the all-time wins list, um, he's two wins Fewer in Kansas City than he had in Philly, but his winning percentage is <laughs> so much higher. He was 130 and 93 in Philly. He's 128 and 51 in Kansas City. Wow. But I wonder how much that plays a factor or if that even comes into the equation for Andy. When you are 70 wins away, you have the. Best quarterback in the NFL currently, obviously. You have a great team. You're piling up what seemingly is going to be about 12 wins a season. Maybe some are mm-hmm. 10, some's 14. But let's say an average of 12 wins a season. Does that play a factor here? I think. I think that and one other thing that's
0: very similar are both relevant. I'd be lying to you if I told you I knew that. It, what to what degree? But I think. Andy Reed clearly has an appreciation for the history and legacy of football. There's no doubt about that. Like he is a football historian. He is an appreciator of the sport across generations. We know all of that. I think I don't I don't know how much Andy Reid cares about the one head coaching stat that is an individual stat which is that one, essentially, right? Yeah. And none of them are individual stats. They're all team stats. You're a head coach of teams. You mentioned, you know, his, uh, he's a better coach now than he was during his Eagles days, but if you would have had Patrick Mahomes in Philadelphia, he never would have gotten to Kansas City, right? Like, we, we know this. I don't know if he cares about the one that says Andy Reid, win total numbers, and, and then all of all of what the his retirement years may look like of people appreciating him and his legacy forever as one of the greatest coaches of all time, which I still think is going to happen. I kind of get the feeling, and I don't know. I mean, I hope this is true because, like, the Chiefs, we touched on this on Friday a a little bit. The Chiefs have been, like, lower in cash spending than their peers in recent years. Like, Clark Hunt has been getting close to the salary cap but not necessarily hitting it every year. And the Chiefs have money to move around. But he hasn't signed a lot of big checks that get paid off in lump sums and everything. He's done some. He's not pinching every nickel. But they're they're not spending spending to the extent that they could. I'm kind of getting the feeling that the whole the whole organization is gonna squeeze pretty hard for the three peat. And they should, because do you know what's really effing hard? Winning a Super Bowl. Do you know what happens every twenty years at best? <laughs> Winning them back to back. Do you know what literally never happens? The three peat. Having the chance to three peat basically never happens. And so I, I think it's a it's a good question, Sterling. Because I do think Andy Reid cares about winning and he cares about the team and he cares about getting to the payoff of what they put all this work in for. But I do think there is something in the legacy in, I don't know if it's Mount Rushmore of greatest head coaches ever, if that's yeah. something he cares about. I don't know if it's getting trophies named after you someday, I don't know. But I think that being the only head coach to ever 3 p in a record that may stand that way forever, at least until Matt Nagy does it like five years later, (laughs) I think that carries some real gravitas to it that wouldn't surprise me and I certainly wouldn't begrudge Andy Reid for wanting that because that's pretty cool. And then all of a sudden, you're talking about four Lombardis in a six-year span? You're talking about actually like Mahomes charging after Tom Brady is one thing and he reads uh, you know look the 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 possibility of or how how far you're willing to stretch your imagination about well they could they could totally three Pete well they still have most of these guys under contract so I guess they could go for four like the the extent you're willing to go to now in your imagination about this football team is so far beyond anything I ever would have dreamed of 10 years ago that it feels greedy and stupid and and just absurd on every level but it's all right there in front of them right now and it makes sense to me that Andy Reid had no interest in walking away at this point in the process. Well, I wear my Matt
1: Castle jersey <laughs> just to keep grounded, and you yes. think I'm you think I'm kidding? I it, don't. It, it, it's true. It's, it's <laughs> so I, re- I remember the good old days, which I would say the bad old days. Um I also think something in regards to Andy's legacy that might be more important, just going with what you're saying here, I had a chance to talk with Javon Curse. Remember mm-hmm. the freak? The freak, with, with, baby. With, with the Eagles. Yeah. I believe Andy only coached him four years maybe, three or four years. It wasn't a long time, but he still said, Andy's my guy. Like Andy is my guy. He still sends me Christmas cards. Mm -hmm. Like He still asks about the family. And I think for Andy Reid's legacy, it won't just be what he did on the field. It's the fact that all of these players, however long they were with Andy, they all remember him fondly and don't have a bad story about him. I think that's very impressive and what Mm -hmm. he cares about maybe even more is that all of these guys, he's affected in some way. And affected them positively. Yep. Like, and I, I just that that meant a lot coming from Javon Kirsch. Just not there long.
0: A defensive player who was in Philly for four years and missed most of one of them and almost half of another. It seems like, And, yeah.
1: and all he could say were, were glowing things, saying, "That's my guy. That's my dude. He still checks up on the family, Christmas cards, all that stuff." I, I just, I thought that was amazing. Yeah. It it
0: does also tie into all of that. There's something I remember thinking back to the to the first Super Bowl of this era. You know, since there are one, two, three of them now, and then one that they played in and didn't win, it's still ridiculous to me. I just would like to ever, for everyone to appreciate that as often as you have the chance to, because someday that won't be true. Someday your team will not have been in one and in three of the last five, and but whatever, it's unreal. But after the first Super Bowl, the number of former players and even in the week leading up to the number of former players and assistant coaches and all of that it was just all right, so who are you rooting for here, you know, two fun teams and what do you like? I'm I'm rooting for Andy. I want Andy to get his. You know, I want Andy to make I want to make sure Andy gets one. That and he even talked about it, I can't remember if it was I think it was before winning this Super Bowl. It may have been that Monday press or after, I don't know. People are talking about like how do you rank them and what you know what meant the most to you, and all of those things, and you know whatever your favorite kid or your favorite pet or your favorite what yeah you know, we don't you don't have to do that. but We all for whatever reason we like ranking things, and it's some one of those answers. Oh, you, know, you know that that first one, that first one's special, and it's we talk about it for the Super Bowl you enjoyed the most or appreciate the most or whatever. I still know the two moments watching the Chiefs that most. Like stunned me that I could feel like in my chest was Sammy Watkins in the AFC championship game against the Titans. <laughs> and then uh, any number of those late game moments in the first Super Bowl, because that really was. And I've said this, I've said this a million times. I'm, I'm a, a parody of myself at this point, but that was like breaking of a curse. That was something I just didn't think had ever happened. All of that to say. The number of those guys that just wanted to make sure that Andy Reid didn't retire as the greatest head coach in football history to never win a title.
1: The Dan Marino of head coaches.
0: The Charles Barkley. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. And it sucks that those two guys are synonymous with greatness but not winning. Greatness but not winning ultimately. Both got close, never actually claimed it. And now we're at a point where Andy Reid has three and he could go from being Skip back six years. Marv Levy, basically. In a six-year span, Andy Reid could go from being in danger of being the best head coach to never win at all to being the only head coach to three-peat. What an enormous, incredible swing of what this half-decade or so of Chiefs football has been. Um, I want to talk about a guy who's not going to be coming back to the Chiefs staff, and we will give Mike Florio his flowers. His dead, rotting flowers. Andy Reid's not going anywhere. Reports this morning that they're working on an extension, the Chiefs and Andy Reid, the Chiefs and Brett Veach. But one familiar face will not be returning to Kansas City. Eric Bieniemy is returning to the college ranks. Been a while. He was briefly with UCLA many years ago. Now he is the new associate head coach and offensive coordinator at UCLA. They just had the whole shakeup with Chip Kelly, kind of stabilizing things a little bit. And now Eric Bieniemy goes from being the OC of the Washington Commanders to this job as OC and assistant head coach at UCLA. There are a few things here that I think are interesting. And a few things that are kind of a bummer, because one, if if this, if he wanted to make the move to college, he probably could have done it for a better gig a year ago. He, I mean, at one point, I don't obviously once Dion got involved, I feel like that went away. But at one point, there was talk about him going back to Colorado. What could he do there? Could he have gotten that head coaching job? I don't know. Does he want to be uh, in college for a while, or is he hoping that he spends two years at UCLA and then comes back to the NFL? At that point, is he an OC? Is he trying to take this for two years and then go be a head coach in college ball somewhere? I don't know any of that. What I do know is a bunch of the quotes here from the ESPN story about Eric Bieniemy going to UCLA. A lot of this was written out um, to I was Schefter and Pete Thamel. Maybe uh, here are some quotes from Eric Bieniemy to the ESPN guys. Putting all of this into context from Biennemi's standpoint, be curious to, to see how you all take this. Quotes from enemy: I've had countless conversations and interviews with many teams, and I have been applauded and lauded. I can't say why certain decisions were or were not made, but I had nothing to do with the lack of anything on my end. My self-dignity, worth, integrity, personhood, manhood will never be questioned or compromised. It is not always about money either. With everything in life, it is often all about timing. At this time in my life, the opportunity affords me the pleasure of continuing to be a maker and leader of men, to do what I love, follow my passion and my dreams while not compromising on who I am as a man. I have no regrets with the commanders. Contrary to what, this is also maybe, a couple of these are kind of broken up. This isn't all necessarily in this exact order. These are what I thought were the most interesting bits. One more thing here from uh, BNME. Contrary to what some think and what has been put out in the media, I was not fired. I actually just chose not to stay. Learned a lot, and that is always a good thing. That's him referring to the commander's job. I will continue my walk in peace. I will continue my walk in my peace. I'm excited to be here and to coach these young men and football again. My expectations and desire to be excellent will never be turned down. I'm fired up. Let's go. So that is a lot, but not necessarily everything, that Eric bien said that's in that story. You can read it on uh, on ESPN.com um, about everything that, that went into that process from bien side. Yeah, Pete Thamel and uh, Adam Schefter over on ESPN.com. A few things in
1: there that are interesting. Stu, what strikes you? I was not fired. I actually just chose not to stay. Yeah. That's interesting for two ones. Mm-hmm. One could be completely true. Mm-hmm. But two, it also sounds like if you seen Step Brothers, when it's like, "I wasn't fired, I was let go," yeah, or I, you know, you know, and you're like, "Okay, but were you pushed out or not?" Again, maybe can't he fire just, me,
0: I quit. Yeah, you, you can't and,
1: fire me, I quit. Yeah, and I wonder which one is the truth, and we probably will never know. I just found that interesting. But if he did choose to leave, then that chooses that, that tells me that he goes, "I don't want to stay on a sinking ship." I, yeah. I, I don't want to be was, the new staff. Is a weird spot.
0: He joined a sinking ship. My be, my biggest criticism of Eric Bieneny was him looking at, at Washington last year and thinking that was going to be more than a one year sink job.
1: Okay, but then now you have a raft. You're on an island yeah. and you you have some pieces, but the raft is and also to don't take get retained some yeah.
0: in those situations very often. It seems to me like he was not fired, but he recused himself from the <laughs> search. Is sort of what I assumed,
1: and that's what I found interesting. Is you were here, you made a decision at. Kansas City to take a somewhat parallel job. Very parallel job. At, at Washington, because you thought you could get more opportunity. Started off solid, right? And then it completely went down. Theoretically parallel, as Dylan
0: does a downward sloping motion with his <laughs> hand, which yeah. is a fair I point. Sam Howell and Patrick Mahomes are... <laughs> no, no, no not, not.
1: No. But, but by title, a parallel job. And by, then he got associate yes, head yes, coach yes, or whatever right. at Washington. By, by yes. title, and the thought process was, okay, if I do something great here with Sling and Sam, yeah. this is going to make me look a lot better. Yeah. It was a bold take, but he bet on himself. And I don't
0: know how much of that was him doing. I think, I don't think that the Chiefs pushed him out. I think he could have st- stuck around on, on rolling one year deals or whatever, but his goal was to be an NFL head coach. Yes. And it wasn't going to happen from that seat. We, we can talk about the reasons why and how that's n- not something that happened to Doug Peterson or Matt Nagy even in less time as the Chiefs offensive
1: coordinator. Who also had less success in their windows of time, but I digress. And I was find it funny because Matt Nagy was coach of the year and Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl, so it's not like the Andy Reid coaching tree was that atrocious. Nope, not exactly the Josh
0: McDaniels falling down <laughs> and hitting every branch down the tree. I think uh, the one mistake he made was not hitching his wagon to a stable barn. Yes. He didn't really yes. put his place where the coach was. Like, hey, this guy's made; he's not leaving. Like, you put yourself in a situation where Ron Rivera should have been fired, like maybe two years ago. It felt yeah. like it felt and like there was a chance it was going to happen last offseason. I
1: just think he picked the wrong place because that's where he went down too. Is that there's no stability in this place like there is in Kansas City.
0: Yes, I I agree with that a hundred percent. I think you guys are both coming from the right spot, but that that point in particular, Dylan. That's the thing that I that kind of makes all of this a little sour for me, is that I think he ended up in Washington because Washington was the place that was interested. I don't think he. I don't think that he turned down. I don't. Even, I'm, I'm not sure who what the example would be, but I'm a place with a stable, defensive minded head coach. You could. The funny thing is, you could be like, well, you like he could have gone to Tennessee with Mike Frame but well, okay, he could have gone to. And also, the devil's thing, advocate
1: but, is like. He went there maybe thinking like, hey, Ron might get fired and I might get elevated. Sure. right? So maybe so maybe him gives him you a chance in that little bit, ownership group or whatever. That's what I, I thought. I thought when Rivera got canned, I go, okay, well, maybe this is his opportunity, but clearly not. That's a very – you've
0: got to really thread that needle in a spot like that to be like a, the succession plan for someone who's not retiring but who just gets fired. The, the thing for me now that just kind of bums me out is, again, I think that if – if he would have gone to college earlier, he probably could have gotten a better opportunity than this one. And I'm not saying he should have gone to college earlier, because I think that the choices he made were pointing to the end result he wanted, which was to be a play-calling NFL head coach. And he has earned that. You can say whatever you want about his interviews or whatever, being a Chiefs... I don't think you can say the thing about Chiefs offensive coordinator, who's calling the plays and all of that, because that was not disqualifying for Nagy or Peterson. But you can say well Eric Bieniemy's stuff from college or whatever and there's some like stuff back there that people talk about and it very rarely comes up after that it comes up around head coaching interview cycles the other thing that sucks is that his I didn't see his name one time in head coaching rumors this year I don't think he, I'm cer- certain he didn't get a head coaching interview he he was he got the he had interviews for the Seahawks offensive coordinator job we were talking about him making another lateral move, no. and then if you if he would have gotten the Seahawks job, if if that's Waldron now, right in Seattle, he wasn't going to get credit for the Seahawks offense. So is he going to have to? How many offensive coordinator jobs does Eric Me need to get before he's able to actually get that one more rung under his foot to get to an NFL head coaching job? Ryan
1: Grubb is he? The o, he's the he's
0: the OC now. Seahawks, yeah. But 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 um. I've already. I just said the name one second Waldron. ago, and then. But Shane Waldron's their new head coach, right? In C- Seattle. In Seattle, yeah. No, McDonald, Mike McDonald, the DC for the Ravens, right? No, S- Waldron went from Seattle to. You're right. So he he had. I'm just going to take get, my learning curve on new head coaching spots. is Going to take a couple of weeks. Sorry, everybody. He would have had in Seattle. You're right. He would have had the defensive-minded head coach, and his own offense. I think there was another job that BNME was interviewing for that was new offensive-minded head coach, where he would have been the OC, but not necessarily the play call. I can't remember where that was. I'm, quite I frankly, I, I, yeah.
1: I just think it's tough, especially this coaching cycle when Bill Belichick... Shane Walden
0: just got hired to be the Bears, Bears OC. Bears, That's a new thing with Walter.
1: Um But with Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll... And then, obviously, Mike Vrabel. That's three head coaches who've had legitimately solid head coaching mm. experience, all three. I mean, obviously, uh, legendary with Pete Carroll and Bill Belichick. And Let's be real now. Mike Vrabel has done a phenomenal job. I think we were all surprised he was uh, let go from Tennessee with the success he had. End of the past couple seasons were bad. Yeah, yeah, But when you give a an um, electrician nothing to work with and say, fix this, well, he's doing the best he can. Ryan Tannehill was the best quarterback he had to work with. And let's be real— Ryan Tannehill is um, how dare you a plastic slander. hammer? How dare you slander <laughs> will love us like that? So uh, it was tough because there was a lot of other I think really really good head coaches out there that were clearly sure. going to be above being. so in that aspect, this was a harder coaching cycle for his name to get out there. And
0: again, Mike Vrabel, who at the time we were saying you didn't you couldn't trade Mike Vrabel for a third round pick, Mike Vrabel didn't get hired. Yeah, so that wasn't going to happen. Bill Belichick didn't get hired. Pete Carroll didn't get an interview. I don't we I don't know if we ever got real clarity on what his path was. I think if he was gonna get a serious interview, maybe he would have taken it and yeah. maybe fractured a little bit of his new spot in Seattle, you know, front office advisor role, whatever that was. But all of that for me, and, and again, I, I just this is not very deep analysis, but it kind of sucks. Th- this feels like an unjust ending for Eric Bieniemy's resume. And I hope, I hope he does a great job at UCLA. I hope he loves coaching college ball and wants to be a head coach and could be a kick-ass recruiter. Or I hope that this is rejuvenating for him as an OC and he gets another shot at the NFL level at some point. The Chiefs haven't had an offensive coach leave in this cycle, so I don't know if he would have been back. I don't think Andy Reid wasn't going to fire someone to make a spot for B enemy, and frankly, similar deal. If the went to Washington, was the OC for one year, and then had to come back here to be the running backs coach again? That also feels like an unjust path given his resume. Matt Nagy came back and was the quarterbacks coach because he got a, he got a head coaching job and got fired, and then re-entered that sort of cycle. The biggest crime Eric the committed was not getting hired out of a spot that has been a head coach maker over Andy Reid's tenure here. Then he ends up taking a worse job. That job falls apart. Now is at UCLA. So that it, to me again, it's just sort of a bummer. I'm not really even wagging my finger at anybody. It just it stinks and it feels like an unjust ending for for his path.
1: What I will say too is, if you want to try and find a comparison for him to come back, Steve Wilkes is the same age. Both are 54 years Holy old. Holy cow, they're the same Steve, age. Steve Wilkes was a what head coach, then went to defensive coordinator, um, then had to go back to the college ranks, right? Because he was at Mizzou. Atrocious for at least half this season as a D.C. at Mizzou, then went back to the NFL. Now, obviously, he just got fired as a D.C. of San Fran. But again, there are some areas we can say there's some similarities of where just because you go to college after being in the NFL and having success there doesn't mean that your coaching career is is over. Yeah.
0: But if I had to guess right now, I, if any point before last offseason, if you said, will Eric be an NFL head coach, I would have said, absolutely absolutely he's on track for that if you said right now will eric bienemy be an nfl head coach my, my money would be on no right now honestly the best the best bet might be that well, well we'll get into this next segment but if andy Reid retires and patrick mahomes says you know who i miss having around eric yeah. It if so now unfairly all over again i'm saying that if eric is an nfl head coach it's probably because Patrick Mahomes hires him. Like, that also stinks. That didn't have to happen for the guys before Me, And now here we are. We're talking about him taking a job at UCLA. At a team that has, had, has currently its own turmoil and upheaval at the moment. Because, you know, college sports are in sort of a bizarre place right now. It's totally NIL's fault. It's definitely not the coaches leaving or the coaches' money or anything the coaches are doing. Or the NCAA. It's definitely just... Just the players getting paid a little bit of money—that's what's ruining it for me personally. But um, I'll save that for a little bit later. I want to talk about something else that didn't happen. Next, we'll have our, Mark Flo- our, our Mike Florio conversation because, man, if if he got if he gets paid for being wrong, it actually would explain some things. All right, I got one more thing here on this whole conversation we've been having in this uh, this hour.
1: Funny music choice, Dylan.
0: Anyway, let's go back. Two weeks in time. You remember two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, we were celebrating the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, by the way. That's also insane. The Chiefs won the Super Bowl two weeks ago yesterday. You could have convinced me that happened six months ago. We have lived lifetimes in these last two weeks. But let's go ahead and go back two weeks ago. There's a little tweet from a little Twitter account from a little website called Pro Football Talk. It's run by a man named Mike Floria. Here is the entire, just, I want to make sure, real quick, real quick, real quick, just in case you just joined us. If you've been listening since 10 o'clock, this is all going to make a lot of sense. In case you're just joining us. Report this morning that the Chiefs and Andy Reid and the Chiefs and Brett Veach are working on contract extensions per Tom Pelissero. And as we discussed last segment, Eric Bieniemy has gone to UCLA to be the offensive coordinator and associate head coach. February 11th, Pro Football Talk tweeted with a story. Eric Bieniemy could return to the Chiefs possibly as assistant head coach and possibly as head coach if Andy Reid decides to retire. <laughs> now, I think it's incredible that all of these things could have possibly happened and none of them possibly did. But I decided to go ahead and hop back in. And listen, I did the thing you shouldn't do in these circumstances, okay? I did the thing you shouldn't do because I wanted to be helpful. I gave him a click for the cause. And I would like to read you a little bit of pro football talk from this story from two weeks ago. Mm. Former Chiefs and Commanders offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy is currently looking for work. Soon he could end up back where he had his greatest success. Per a source with knowledge of the situation, Bieniemy could return to the Chiefs for 2024. His title would be something along the lines of quote assistant head coach with Matt Nagy likely remaining in the position of offensive coordinator. And it would be beneficial to the ter- to the term. I think it said team, should have said team. I just copied it in multiple ways. Paragraph later, towards the end of the story. There's also still a chance that BNME could return to the Chiefs as head coach. If Andy Reid retires after tonight's game, and to this point, no one knows with certainty what he will do, players like Mahomes and tight end Travis Kelsey will likely make a strong pitch privately and or publicly for BNME. Now, with the benefit of hindsight, you hear all of the coulds and the possiblies and the mites. Have you been keeping a could
1: counter? I tried. It was too quick for me, but I have could potential, could maybe, also still a chance, no one knows with certainty, likely make, uh, also per a reliable source. So um, we'll call that the couch counter. Yeah,
0: That right there is the couch counter. How many couches do we have in that list one, there? One,
1: two, three, four, five, six, seven. At least seven.
0: Uh, and that's in—that's not the whole story. That is like the first paragraph and the last paragraph. <laughs> we got at least a half dozen couches that we have counted up here. And when you hear it in retrospect, you can hear it, right? You hear it more loudly. It could, per a source,
1: potentially. Also still a chance. No one knows with certainty. Uh, likely make. Maybe. Could
0: but in real time, this just reads like a report from someone who has any idea what they're talking about. This is irresponsible. This is just a rumor that you are starting per a source who clearly didn't know what they were talking about. If you're a real reporter and you put out a story like this, first of all, the report is this bleep is happening. But if you're a real reporter with any clout whatsoever, you don't use your many, 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 many couches. What's on your screen there, Stu?
1: Uh, clown shoes. I, I think we should send this to Florio and maybe a big old red nose. I think it was probably too big. You think it's too big for
0: him? I. It doesn't. Listen, man. He clearly does not have very big shoes to fill because anyone could do this. That's the thing anyone could do this we gotta stop talking about him like his word means anything because the issue and look he has reported real stuff before but the issue is now i don't know when he's reporting and i don't know when he's making bleep up but all of this was click here and find out eric he could come back he could also sprout wings and fly to the moon tomorrow like yeah kyle shanahan maybe we won't make it till sunday mike florida will be here on sunday Writing nonsense. What do you have there, Stu? Baby clown shoes. These might fit. Or at least a little closer. Not a clown, Matt Verderam. Next.